1: My name is Andrew Counsel. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never-ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how.
0: All right, thanks folks for joining us. Um, this is you and and I'm glad to have you back for those of you that, that listen to us. Um, and for those of you that may have uh, joined us on June 18th, Uh, for the Voices of uh, Passion. Uh, uh, Hopefully those that were there, what I told you there was that our panelists would be, didn't get a chance to really go into detail, but what we're going to do a podcast and all the panelists will do a little bit more conversation about who they are. And so our guest today is going to be Ms. Anderson, Geraldine Anderson, who was on the panel. She's a telecommunicator I'm gonna let her just briefly tell you a little bit about her. You, uh, you probably saw that information on the webinar that we had on June 18th. And so she'll give you a little bit of a recap of her. And then we're just gonna kind of continue the conversation uh, that we had on June 18th about um, education uh, and, and getting out here and moving forward and helping um, move folks forward out, out of the system. Um, as, as, as the, the webinar was about, all Black women seeing that from each perch, for those of you that may not have seen that, we had a, ma- a, a magistrate, a judge, a warden, a police officer, me, and then um, Ms. Anderson, who's a telecommunicator, and then we have a uh, had an executive director from a youth center. So, and we're all Black women who have a perspective as to what we see that's pushing Black and brown bodies into the system. So, I want to thank Gerald for joining me on the 18th and being on my panel and coming and taking a few minutes with us to kind of do a short- Follow and also too, this is the second time Gerald has been on my podcast. So if you want, you can also this. We're going to kind of call this from part two. Uh, she was also on there just talking about telecommunicating and, and the job. Which you, if you don't know how that works, she gives you really good insight onto how. Telecommunication 911, what that looks like, how it works, and, and how you need to, if you need help, what the steps to do that. So, listen to part one if you want to find out more about telecommunicator. Uh, she does that very well and, and it educates us all. I learned from that. Uh, but this time, we're mainly just kind of talking about a follow up from the webinar. So, Gerald, thanks again. Uh, so, just tell a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you for having me back. Um, I currently work for Orange County Emergency Services, where I serve in the role of recruitment and outreach coordinator. I have been in public safety emergency communications for 30 years, and I'm currently working through Durham Tech with a new uh, telecommunicator training program that will launch in May of this year. Um, I have a passion as a telecommunicator for training, instruction, Um, Getting our staff trained and certified to serve the communities in their respective jurisdictions. And I'm happy to be back this evening to continue our discussion.
0: And before we go on, the fact is that law enforcement is is also recruiting really hard, too. And I I don't want to miss the fact that law enforcement is is short staffed and also 911 telecommunicator call takers. So uh, when she kind of gets this thing up and running for those local in Durham and across the state, check out your community colleges because this this training is probably gonna be coming and uh, they, need, they need staff. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think I said it in the, in the first uh, podcast, She was the, the actual, the first responders are, are the 911 telecommunicators. You think it's law enforcement, but it really is 911 telecommunicators. They get us there and they get it and they take care of us when we get there. So Cheryl, what do you think uh, we were having this conversation about, you know from your perspective, uh, being a Black female, because uh, a lot of people don't really think about telecommunity being part of the system, because actually sometimes the, the, the entryway is through 911. You know, somebody's calling on somebody, you know, especially when it comes to uh, domestic violence and stuff like that. Um, you unfortunately have to hear, you and know, your peers have to hear that. And I just kind of want to talk about, you know, just as a Black woman, the conversation struggling with having to hear our community. Uh, sometimes listening to that um, and, and, and dealing with that. And, and if you have some opinion as how we need to, how can we work away away from some calling 911 sometimes?
1: So um, the first thing I'd like to say is to, to capitalize on what you said. There is a national um, shortage of telecommunicators across the country. So and North Carolina is right in the middle of that. Of course, I see that every day as a recruiter. But one of the things I'd like to look at as we look at um, our black communities and their relationship with 911 and emergency services, um, our white Americans in this country overuse a system due to privilege. Um, they feel like they can, they'll tell you quickly, I'm a taxpayer, you, you work for me, I pay your salary, and you are to help me. What we've seen is a disturbing trend among in our black communities, as if you watch the news and you see all the different things that are happening to people that look like you and I um, at the hands of law enforcement, or the fact that they invited someone into their home and situation that they may not have should have through nine one one calling nine one one, is that more and more African Americans in black communities are not calling nine one one as much as they should. Wow. Uh, And that that comes from a little research that I've done, but it's also a really good segue. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the 911 system, particularly for North Carolina. Um, And the the recent stat that I have is from 2020, but you can kind of take this information, and I think you'll understand. In the state of North Carolina, first, there are 115 primary public safety answering points, also known as PSAPs. Now, primary means that if you live in a a place like Durham, North Carolina or Hillsborough, North Carolina or Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, just to name a few you probably, when you dial 911 will get answered by a primary PSAP public safety answering point. Um, We have 12 secondary public safety answering points across the state of North Carolina and a secondary PSAP is just what it sounds like, they don't answer 911 first. Um, an example of that would be the communication center on the campus of UNC Chapel Hill. They have their own communication center because they dispatch their own police department, but they are considered a secondary PSAP. And so what that means um, in dollars and cents is that they they are not they, their communication center cannot tap into some of the 911 funds that are primary public safety answering point or PSAP can tap into because they are a bigger system, more staff, all of that. Um, And that's, I don't wanna go down that rabbit hole because that's a whole different conversation, but I wanted to share that that's a total of 127 public safety answering points across the state of North Carolina, keeping in mind that we have 100 100 counties in our state. Okay. All right, in 2020, in the state of North Carolina, All by itself, over 7 million calls were made to 911.
0: Wow.
1: Of those 7 million calls, 79% of them were made from a wireless phone. So that's a little like five point, that's like a little over five million phone calls. 12.5% were made from a wireline. You know, the most of us don't have a a wireline phone in our home anymore. That total of calls was a little over 898,000. Okay. And then 8.2% of those 7 million calls were made over what we call voice over IP. Those are the phones that if any of you um, that will listen to this podcast, subscribe to Spectrum like I do for my internet service, they also will offer you as part of your package a VoIP phone line voice over IP. So mm-hmm. what that means is you don't really have to have, um, you don't have to pay the phone company to have a wire line. You can just plug a phone in. If you have a phone line, you can plug a phone in and it will work, but you must remember that it's a voice over IP so that when you lose power right. and your computer is out, so is your phone service. Right. So the, the argument can be made by many that you want to have a wireline phone and, and people in a different generation, our parents, BJ, yeah. have a wireline because they know that when the power goes out, the phone will still work.
0: Mm-hmm. The rest
1: of us are running around with our cell phones trying to find a battery pack to keep yeah. our phones on yeah. until the power comes back on, because I myself in my own private residence no longer have a wire line. Right. You know, me mm-hmm. and my husband have cell phones. So I wanted to give you that information. Um to talk, then kind of talk a little bit about how are, we, how are people of color inviting you know, the police and law enforcement into their homes and into their life and into their situations. Uh, the majority of the calls that at least when, when I processed and in, in the research that I've seen, it is still the same, nothing has changed. We, when we invite law enforcement into our homes and into our private lives, when we have any type of dispute, particularly if it's domestic violence, That that is the number one. We invite them into our our homes and our situation when we have some sort of event that requires emergency medical services or EMS. Um, Unfortunately, in the black community, a lot of people don't have a doctor, even in 2022. And so they use the 911 system to call for an EMS unit for all of their aches and pains and ailments. Whether it requires our transport or not, before you go st- on,
0: before you go on, I got <laughs> I got to say that I am just love the stats. I love it, uh, but okay. but also you know when we talked about at the webinar, we were talking about the the um, the riots and and the things that they found out what were causing the riots, the education, health, and and one of them was healthcare. Yes, one of them yes. was healthcare.
1: So here yes. we are
0: that, that, yes. that our community. Don't they ain't got no doctor.
1: No, no. And they, you know, and, and it's not that you, 911
0: for EMS to get the, oh man, this is awesome. This, this yes. is like right what we were talking about. And and I appreciate that.
1: Go ahead. So so they so they call nine one one for any type of ailment, um, any type of pain or whatever you know the situation is, because they simply do not have a doctor. They may not have insurance, they may not have transportation to get to the emergency room if they need that type of care or to uh um an outpatient facility that will see them and so they use the system the way the best way they can to their advantage and that's what they see now the same portion that will call 911 for EMS it should be noted bj will also use the emergency room as their doctor's, doctor's office mm-hmm. so if you've ever i'm not i I, I don't go to an emergency room I'm going to have to be really sick or or almost dead to go because what I know having worked in this business for over 30 years is that I could go for something relatively serious and sit for a very long time Mm -hmm. um, because the system like anything else is clogged up just like they call and overpopulate the number one lines in a a communication center. They do the same thing at the emergency room and other things because you you can't tell that they can't tell the difference. So let me segue for a minute to education. One of the things that I do in my job with Orange County Emergency Services is I'm also the outreach coordinator. So what that means is um, my face is the face that represents my agency as I go out among the community and teach people about 911, how to properly use the system, um, what a real and true emergency is, Mm -hmm. What number to dial if it's not an emergency after I teach you what an emergency is, Mm -hmm. um, because we want to help everyone, and that's what we're there for, but Mm -hmm. to explain to them the importance of not clogging up the 911 lines with calls that are not emergency, keeping other people from getting into the center, thus slowing down Mm -hmm. the response, which costs lives and or loss of property. Um, Did you have a question or comment? No, nope, oh, right okay, looks like you had one. No, no, um, i right. absorbing. The <laughs> other the other type of calls that come in a lot, particularly from the black community, are when we when we call to report on each other. Uh so so and so and such and such is over here at, at this location. And I know y'all got a warrant on them. Okay. Sound
0: familiar? Yeah, sounds familiar. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I saw on the news that. Y'all wanted some information on that robbery that happened at such and such the other week. Well, I know who did it. And I want the reward money. And then you have to give them a different number, of course. Right. Give you to do different that. Numbers right, right. Numbers yeah. that. So all of these things to me have become an issue. And I'll go back to something that we talked about in the first podcast because of the lack of public education right. on how to effectively use the system right. that is there for everybody. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because um, let's talk about the lack of education. Back when I was a child, and you too, BJ, before you ever <laughs> thought about becoming a police officer, every police car that I ever saw had in an emergency dial 911. Yep. And yep. you saw it on billboards, you heard it on the radio, you saw it on the police cars. Yep. And that's a great message to, to get people to understand that When you don't know what to do and it's an emergency, dial these three digits and somebody is trained is going to help and send some help to you. That's a great thing. But if you don't ever follow through and teach people how to use the system, Mm -hmm. then we find ourselves where we are. So we get calls in the 911 center on everything that you can imagine. Um, What time is it? What time does the parade start? are the roads clear um, oh. my toilet is overflowing oh. i don't know what to do um Woo. you know you name it i have no. probably in 30 years just about heard it on a 911 call wow you know how many states are in, are in the united states of america no. Oh, no. oh yes oh yes all of those things happen and then when people with real and true emergencies i mean where yes. somebody's having a cardiac event or respiratory difficulty or shot or stabbed. Breaking or in something, the house, somebody coming in my window. Yeah. Something's yeah. on fire. Yeah. Those people can't get in because yeah. you on the, on the line asking these things or tying us up with calls that are not true emergencies. And again, I say that tongue in cheek because the people that work in a communication center are trained to what a true emergency is and that perception, which is a reality, is different from what the public knows an emergency to be. Right. For the public, anytime I can't figure it out, that's an emergency. That's an emergency. Because yeah. you told me in an emergency to dial 911. Right. So people that do the job that I do now, um, we have a big job, it's a big task. So I start with the children. Teaching Mm -hmm. them about 911 and sending things home with them so they can teach their parents who don't know no better Mm -hmm. what 911 is really for.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Um, We're going in not just to African American or Black communities, but I'm trying to reach everyone because there's a misconception for everyone about really how the system works. The only people that don't seem to be uh, overly not informed. Are white Americans, as I said earlier, they've used the system, but they use it from a place of it's my right, a privilege to call these three numbers. And when I do, you work for me, I pay your salary, send me some help. Mm -hmm. And so in the black or African-American communities, the stance is I wanna call for help. This is the only number I know to call But there's also an underlying uh, fear that if I call, one, will you really come and help me? Or is this going to end badly for me? I'd rather not call.
0: Wow. 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 That's day and night. That's day and night. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that, because I'm just kind of sitting here in awe. I mean, I know we kind of had we we you know that's kind of why we're doing this this uh, follow up after the webinar just to kind of take this thing a little deeper. Uh, like you said, starting the schools and and because uh, that's just I think for me, just going back to I and mean, you know we're probably gonna we probably will have uh, we, we're gonna you know continue to talk about what we the webinar piece about the healthcare. I mean, just I mean, I think for me, when we say something like healthcare. Is an issue. I don't think everybody knows that, but the the fact that people got to understand that for Black folks, just like you said, nine hundred and eleven to get an EMS to, some hurts. That's it. Because I don't got no doctor. I don't have no insurance. So this this is it. This and is
1: it. A lot of times when they when they come out, they'll the EMS will they'll say, well, we're not going to transport, and they'll have them sign that yeah. AMA form. So mm-hmm. you know that because they use resources. You know, yeah. sometimes they'll do they'll do, do what they can for you. And then a lot of times that person will say, I don't want to be transported. Even, even if it's against the, you know, if there's a paramedic EMT team on, and they say, we really need to transport you. You meet the criteria for whatever the issue is. They may say, that's all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah, You know, because they know that they cannot afford it. Um, they know what they have and what they don't have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what else. to I, I just kind of wanted to make sure that folks if they had, wanted to get some more detail about who you are and what you do and your passion. And your passion is definitely communications, telecomm I mean, You train folks, you're recruiting folks and also you're educating people. And I hope, you know, folks will take advantage of that and, and reaching out and look because we'll have your contact information out there um, just to be able to help educate folks. because I mean, you're right. I mean, you can't. I mean, I can't believe somebody's going to call and ask if I tell you the toilet is running or states and stuff like that, just clogging up the system um, for folks that really need assistance and all that kind of stuff. And especially being right now in this moment, having a, a shortage of staffing, that's just, it's not a good thing. So, um, j- oh, just before we go though, just I want you to talk about real quick, you did in case folks are like, well, I, I just, I, I want y'all, y'all to know in case you don't want to listen to her on the part one, I want you to talk about when, uh, Dialing 911 because you talked about don't hang up. Can you explain oh, as to why they should not hang up? Because because I've heard of somebody recently say something about well, I dial 911, it rang and rang, so I hung up and I was like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> so can you kind of explain that? Because in case folks may not go to hear part one, I'd like for them to know that at least that part.
1: Sure, sure. So anytime you you have an emergency or you need some sort of assistance and you do dial 911. And right now, um, it's been in the the news and everything. We know that particularly the Durham City Agency is grossly understaffed and they're working diligently to fix that. So you may call 911 and it may ring longer than you think it should. What I would urge you to do is please don't hang up. If you hang up, what will happen is you have abandoned a line and now you're putting more pressure on a communication center that is understaffed because they still have to answer that line, find out that no one is there, then they must challenge that line. Meaning they must call back and try to get someone on the line to find out if you did need assistance or still what you need and get someone out there. Now, if you've hung up and now you calling on another line, you're gonna be still be frustrated because remember, they've got to answer the first line you abandoned. And then if they don't get anybody, They've got to try to figure out where you are and send someone to make sure that you're all right. While meanwhile, you're on the other line and it's ringing while they're calling you back on the other line. So (laughs) what I would like for you to do is please, when you dial 911, even if it's a misdial, please don't hang up. Please stay on the line. When someone answers, if you didn't mean to dial 911, because it happens all the time when you're trying to get that area code in there, just (laughs) politely say, I'm so sorry. You know, you don't even have to say you're sorry. Just say, it's a misdial. I just didn't want to hang up on you. And you know what they'll say? They'll say, thank you so much for staying on the line. We appreciate it. And they'll confirm that you really don't need any service. And then they'll disconnect the line. And they'll, they'll be happy about the fact that they got to talk to someone and you can go ahead and retry your call. It's really important because it is usually a policy or procedure mandate at every 911 center in the state that if they answer an abandoned 911, or as we call it a 911 hangup, that they must challenge that line. They must try to get someone on that phone. If they have a viable address that they can dispatch to, then they must tie up a resource and send someone to that location to verify that all is well and no one needs service. So um, if I could also add BJ, most communication centers in the state now have text to 911. And so what we ask you to do Okay, because that's another function of another way to answer a call in a center that is grossly understaffed. So what we're asking everyone to do is if you can talk, please call. But if you're in a situation and you can't talk, then please text and they will respond to you as quickly as they can. But do know that texting takes time. So if you can talk, please use your voice and stay on the line, answer their questions. Remember that while you're answering their questions, they're creating a call for service and someone else in the room is gonna get those units on the way. So be patient with that telecommunicator. They must ask the questions that they must get the information. They need what we call the five Ws. They need to know where you are, what's wrong, who's involved, when it happened, and if there's any weapons. And they're gonna have to ask those questions in a certain order because they are bound by protocols that they are certified in, but trust and believe that while you're answering those questions, someone else is in the room. As soon as they have enough to to do a dispatch, which is what's wrong and where you are or where the problem is, they're gonna make that dispatch while they stay on the line and try to get additional information that will help those responders serve you in the best way possible.
0: It, and I love, I love the way you do that. It's very, very thorough, obviously, because you do this as your professional and you're just passionate about it. But I tell you, I just love that part about folks really always say, well, why do you always ask me no question? They just send somebody, you know, and, I'm, and I even tell I said, they, somebody right next to them is dispatching somebody to you when they need to ask those particular questions. So they'll know, but all the all people, and I really appreciate people just don't understand. They feel like I'm talking to you and you ain't sending nobody. And that's never the deal. That's never the deal. Somebody is Somebody in the room is rolling rolling folks to you, but they got to ask those questions because they need that. Because as police officers, I, I need to know, try to get as much information as you can. Because I'm I'm on the outside in the car. I'm asking the dispatcher sometimes some questions as well. Well, can you ask them this? Can you ask them that? So, so you, they're, they're beyond her five W's the person, the police officer that they're dispatching or the EMS they're dispatching might be pushing some questions back. Well, can you find out from the call like this? Can you find out from the call of like that? So you might get some more question and, and that just lets you know we're on the way. So thank you very much for that. Because I, yeah, my hat's off to a telecom. I love a telecommunicator. <laughs> 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 I love a telecommunicator. I, I, that, yeah, y'all first responders in my world because y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all the best. Y'all the best. So anyway, so thanks for for joining us again for part two, and also I just want to thank you again, also for being a part of the panel on for the webinar that we did uh, recently. So I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate everything you do for um, the community, uh, the work that you do, and the passion that you do for us all. Um, so thanks a lot. So. Any closing comments and then we're gonna head on out of here.
1: Just remember um, to stay on the line. Give the telecommunicator all the information that they ask for so they can make the correct decision the first time of what help they need to send for you. Um, they're your first line of defense, and we want to make sure we get the right help on the first initial dispatch so that everyone gets what they need.
0: Thanks, Gerald. I appreciate it. And thanks, y'all, for joining us. And uh, thank you for those of you that may have joined us on the 18th. Uh, and I appreciate it. And uh, you and 5O who in Durham. And as always, stay safe, stay well. Peace.